Well, hello there, Render friends. It is Nick here with another Grayscale Gorilla podcast. And today we have an interview. In fact, we have an extra special interview with our good buddy, Andy Needham. If you haven't met Andy, he's been doing Cinema 4D teaching and training for over five years now. He's such a nice guy. Wait till you hear this guy's accent. We're extra excited to have him working on some R21 training over at Grayscale Gorilla Plus, which might even be out by the time you hear this. Now, in today's interview, we get into some of Andy's favorite new features of Cinema 4D R21. We go over some tips on how to make money as a freelancer, and he'll tell you how having good grammar might just land you your next job. We had an extra fun interview today, learning a lot more about Andy. So without further ado, let's jump into our interview with Andy Needham. Well, hello there, handsomes and beautifuls. Uh, Welcome back to the Grayscale Gorilla podcast. Uh, We have an extra special episode here. We have none other than Andy Needham from across the pond, they say. Andy, how are you? Good, sir. Yeah, very well, Nick. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Wonderful. Andy's over uh, in in London, so I, I I got up early. Andy's already uh already what what time you got over there? You're you're rolling a little later, right? Yeah, yeah. It's about three in the afternoon for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, man. Um, uh, we're gonna dig into Andy and, and how uh, how he's been a part of the Cinema 4D community for so long. We've been buddies for a long time, but seeing each other out now uh, out in L.A., out in uh, Vegas for for um. NAB, and uh, just wanted to dig a little bit more into your history with Cinema 4D and talk a little bit more about what the heck's happening these days. But uh, Andy, what what have you been up to lately? What's uh, what's keeping you busy? Well, uh, most recently uh, is definitely recording some training for GSG Plus, and uh, that's been a lot of fun to do, and just really getting stuck into R21 as well. Um, on the surface, it might not seem like uh, one of these major releases, but there's some really cool features in there, and we're going to dig into that in the training as well. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're right. When when this 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 happens all the time with new versions, there'll be like a big fancy version with all these really visually sexy things, and then and then they'll come out with a little bit more of a reserved update that tends to take a little bit of time to see really what is going to be the the big hit. So what what are you finding in the new version of R21 and and we're excited to have you in the training too by the way. I know you've been digging really deep into the beta and looking into what's in R21. What's um what's what's the the kind of secret feature in R21 that that people maybe should be a little bit more excited about? I mean, I I think it's I think that it won't be so secret um, because I think it's one of the major major things because uh, and it's uh, field forces. I think that's a really a really cool way of um, of making Cinema 4D particles fun again, and um, also just what you can do with with dynamics and any dynamic object and in uh, C4D. Then it's uh, it's a it's a really cool feature and and one that does take a little bit to get your head around but i guess you know you can once you crack it it's um it's very powerful and i think it's going to open up a lot of new ways of working with with you know not only mograph but dynamic objects as well because you know you can you can make uh, emit a dynamic particle that's that's in you know like a clone or something and you've got all of mograph available and all of dynamics and, and then you can send it around the scene using the field force uh it, 
it's deep <laughs> it's deep so yeah it was it's what, definitely what yeah go ahead well it's i mean it's 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 really combining a lot of the forces but you're making a custom thing and and um i mean you know those are people that are familiar with x particles they have the the flow field and it's similar a similar concept to that so but all there inside of cinema 40 and um yeah i think it's pretty now cool. when when I first started playing with this, because I've been digging around more in R21 lately too, and I got some tutorials and training, you know, I'm working on, and and that was definitely the one that had the most secret power. You know, it's like there's something in here with this new field forces that I don't quite get. And then as I dug in more and more and more, I, it started to unlock the potential. But what you reminded me of is that it really works everywhere. Now I I know it works with uh, rigid body dynamics and like you said some of the particles but what are some other ways like that that you can use field forces um and what are the other parts of cinema that it, that it connects with yeah well you've got cloth um and hair and you know thinking particles as well there's a really simple setup it's just a two node setup just to pass uh, any thinking particle group onto a field force and a field force um, or a force object, in fact, in in thinking particles, can be even the old um, the old forces. So you can still use things like attractor and friction and and things like that. And those are still still useful. Um, it's just that if you really wanted to build something really custom, like sending particles along a path, then you can do that really easily with the field force. <laughs> that, that's what cracked me up. It's like thinking particles are back. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> They've been kind of sitting there, and um, it was obviously a powerful feature when it came out, but that was years ago, yeah. right? And there really hasn't been anything um, other than rigid body dynamics, you know, that you could kind of add to these particles that that really let thinking particles breathe. But now with some really simple thinking particles and this this uh, field forces, mm. um, and I've seen some of your stuff that you're working on, and I've been playing with it more too, you could pull off some really intricate um stuff now not quite as detailed obviously as, as some x particle setups but you can get pretty pretty far what what's um and what what have you been kind of building with this stuff like what what can yeah i'm, I'm hoping that this uh interview comes out around when r21 is launched so that maybe the people out there actually are downloading it right now maybe listening to this what can they start to build with this field forces that um is is um is maybe something they couldn't pull off before yeah i think i think something they probably couldn't pull off before is um just being able to like i said something something that seems so simple like just sending you know directing particles you know actually having that control over if you know the standard emitter you couldn't just say i want it to now curve around without maybe animating it on a on a curve or something. I don't even know how I'd, I think, but now, you know, you would just draw out the spline path and, and just, um, set, set up the field force in a way that the, the vectors point along the path and that, and then, you know, give yourself enough frames or enough, uh, speed in the particles and, and, and you are, you're away. So what this field force is doing is just either adding to the velocity or changing the direction of the particles, maintaining the, the velocity, but you can then incorporate other fields inside the field force to do other things so you could add to the speed or subtract from the speed so you can 
there's there's so many possibilities to what you can do now with with them so i think that's it's 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 one of those things where you'll just be like huh, first like how on earth do i even use this because first of all you've got to know how how um the fields are visualized and you just need to think about it i found it easiest to think about it in a 2d view because you're looking at these vectors in 3d and it's just a, a load of kind of tick marks really uh, and it's just a mess and so you want to kill off an axis uh, and and um and just look at it either i mean in one of my examples we just work in the top view mainly because we can just see exactly what's going on and then when you jump into perspective view it's like ah oh, yeah it still makes sense now um so yeah um there's there's some key things just to get your head around and i think um, when we were talking about it there was just a what another great feature is um being able to build volumes um in the volume builder so vector volumes which you can then jump uh, drive a field uh, force as well so but we were saying uh, how do i get something to emit along the surface of an object and there's a specific uh, mode in the vectors that you can use to do that and uh yeah and once it's it's like a few key things and then you've got it all opened up for you well, I'm excited to dig deeper into R21 and learn a little bit more about what you've been playing with. But I wanted to take a step back a little bit and talk about a little bit how you got into all this stuff. How'd you get into 3D? And also, how did you get into teaching? Because you've been um, you've been teaching for for quite a while now. I know you've been working with uh, LinkedIn Learning and and which used to be Linda. Uh, we're excited to have you here working with us at Grayscale Gorilla, and and you've just been. Uh, you all, you've also run the X particles challenges back. Uh, and I think you might, I don't, I don't want to tease anything, but maybe yeah. you have one of those coming up yeah. soon, yeah. but you've been helping and being a part of this community for a while. How did you first get into 3d and motion design and all this stuff? So, oops. yeah, I, I mean, I, I first got into 3d, um, at university and I was doing I was using 3D Studio Max at the time, uh, just to do, you know, simple, simple animations, little animated films and stuff like that. It was just part of the course. And, uh, that was just a, a taste of getting into 3D. And then when I finished uni, I actually switched over to a Mac and I couldn't use 3DS Max anymore. And, um, so I, I thought, okay, well, what's available and, uh, tried, tried Maya, didn't like it. Um, couldn't understand blender at the time. <laughs> I, I, uh, still can't probably, <laughs> I just haven't checked, but, um, and, but yeah, then there was this thing, cinema 4d and, um, I, I, I think I even saw on the back of a magazine or in the, in a 3d magazine or something, I was like, oh yeah, there's an advert for this. And I looked at the, the small print and their office was just around the corner from my parents house so i went around to to maxon uk and um just bought bought a copy took my took my two credit cards with me because i knew i'd have to max them both out to get everything that i wanted <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah i met um met with uh, liam stacy there and um he uh was happy to sell me well it was i think was it 9.6 i can't remember i got all the modules at the time as well <laughs> 
Oh know? yes, the modules. Yeah, like, <laughs> we've come a long way since uh, you know twenty different boxes you could buy to now just one thing, <laughs> which I'm so excited for. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. It's just studio now, and everyone gets everything. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You. It sounds like you were you got in right around when I did nine or nine five, I think, or maybe eight something. It was. Uh, for 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 the for the old timers like me, it was like the duck race DVDs were a part of the training uh, that came built in, mm-hmm. and um and before um Mo, Mo Dynamics or maybe yeah. that's right when they introduced it was right around there where they introduced maybe eleven ten or eleven was Mo Dynamics and then the actual Dynamics. So yeah. you 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 got into it too for a lot of the reasons that a lot of people did around my t- uh kind of when I started as well, which was you had a Mac, you couldn't use some of the PC only ones. And when you did try them, they were, they were a little bit complex. So was, mm-hmm. was, what was it about Cinema 4D that kind of hooked you once you finally saw their, you know, their interface or their way of working? Yeah. I mean, for one, the interface was always a lot friendlier and it just seemed like you could just create straight away. And, um, that's still true today, even though they've just, you know, revamped, revamped the interface, it's still the same old C4D that, you know, you know, and love, uh, th- there might be some things in different places now because they've actually gone through and organized things, but you can, uh, for, for, for now at the moment, switch back to a legacy menu if you really, really wanted to, but I think they'll phase that out in the next release anyway. Um, yeah, it was easy to get in and create. And also I was looking at, um, I think a website called studio daily and they had a feature there where they were showing the after effects integration and i was like i need this i that's what i need and it was just it 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 was just like i want to add 3d or and and i want to be able to integrate with after effects as well and um easily send you know null objects over to after effects so i can do more stuff in post and and it was things like that that um were the that was the main draws i think yeah so as you started learning more about this and learning Cinema 4D, what came, uh, did you start working in a studio? Did you start freelancing right away? What was your kind of path to uh, doing this stuff for a living? I, I know a lot of our audience is always like finding that path or they might be in the middle of it. They might be, you know, just starting off in that path. So how did you go from like interested in 3D, discovering Cinema 4D to actually like getting that first paycheck or what what was that story yeah i think um what i did primarily was i did a lot of editing and um i was um you know it was more of a 2d role where i was uh, straight out of uni i kind of got this this uh kind of internship type job where i was i was just working out working working with a new fairly new production company i think they're only like a year or two old and uh, so I was just going there and getting pretty much paid my my train fare, you know, just covered my travel and stuff like that, just to, to kind of go there. And this was in you know place in London, um, and so yeah, it was only like a, a forty five minute train or whatever. But I could just um, go there and 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 t- sort of edit and do the day to day stuff and do some motion graphics and things like that. And then you know like the interest in 3d, like I was saying, I wanted to add like another dimension to the work. So that's when it kind of became interested in C4D. So I would just kind of learn that, um, on my own. I know it was a big investment to kind of put down, 
but I knew that I could see it in my future, I guess. I was just like, this is, I'm going to be doing a lot of this stuff. So, um, and I think, um, I think from there, it was just, um, just a case of, uh, practicing. And, uh, at the time, you know, there wasn't any YouTube or anything like that. And like, I think video copilot wasn't obviously doesn't do, you know, didn't do 3d stuff, but it was, you know, it was that time when it was like, he had two, two or three videos on, on video copilot and, you know, still kind of selling DVDs and things like that. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you remember those days as well. Like, uh, you probably the, you, I think I remember you saying you got VHSs to learn off and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, don't judge me people. This is before YouTube. Okay. Yeah, this just... is, <laughs> it's a while back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were putting in the, um, enhanced CD into the, uh, into that drive, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it, it's just, it, it, you know, I had enough of an interest to, uh, to kind of keep at it and keep practicing and, and just sort of learning this learning through either just just playing around with the software and, and obviously looking at the help files which have always been great in cinema 4d actually it's always had really good documentation and um i think uh on the on the um on the actual path to becoming a professional um i think it was just a case of uh integrating it and into work and actually just saying like yeah um i can do this and you know being given a, a chance and stuff, probably just throwing myself in at the deep end on projects as well, just to kind of, um, you know, learn on the job as well. <laughs> uh, that's the, that's the best time to learn when, well, when it's all on the line. Oh, right. gotta... Yeah. They're like, can you do it? Of course. I'm just going to go and learn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a problem. I'll be over staring at the screen for the next 48 hours straight, but, but you, 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 you know, come away with figuring out that final bit. There's nothing like an actual project to really show you what you uh, don't quite know yet. I, re I remember always rendering and testing things out. And I, I felt like I even knew a lot more about Cinema 4D than I, than I obviously did. And then I went to go do my my uh, an actual real project. And they wanted uh, a different frame rate. Mm. And I was like, uh, that is something I never had to deal with. Like I literally never had to go find the frame rate button because I was so worried about all the cloners and all the dynamics and all the buttons. And then there's nothing like an actual project with a real client that that makes you go, oh, okay, I got to yeah. learn how to change some really basic stuff. Yeah. But things you just don't bump into until you till that that client's yelling at you or your or your boss is yelling at you. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You get, I think going back to that, uh, about having a project or a goal or something, that's usually the best way of learning as well. You know, you can see some, an ending in sight and, and then you can take the steps to actually get there. And, um, yeah, obviously having the fundamentals down is, is just, uh, very important as well. Uh, <laughs> like, like understanding your project settings where you can change the frame rate and, um, and also the, making sure that it matches your render settings as well. And, and things, you know, that not every, not every tutorial is going to teach you because it's not, not glossy. It's not pretty stuff. It's just like, this is the stuff that you have to kind of do. And, and as a professional, you need to know this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how, how did you take that, um, into teaching? What, what got you first, uh, into teaching all this stuff? Well, um, I guess, I mean, I was probably 
inspired by you know people like you you know i uh, you were you were putting out a lot of content and um you know i was absorbing a lot of it i remember back in the days and 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 uh i mean i guess um when vimeo came along and and you've got all, all these things like that you you just it kind of made it easy for people to record you know and upload something and just put it out there even if it's just you know oh i want to remember this another time um and uh i think you know that's what got me kind of into i mean i got into just kind of making a few tutorials and into actually doing proper training i was um this is like jumping ahead a few a few years now uh to i mean because i was doing that around sort of 20 the the, the vimeo stuff maybe 2000 nine, 10, I'm not sure, something mm. around that time. And it was around that time as well that I was getting interested in, you know, going to NAB and um, things like that. And uh, from there, you know, that was the key really to to kind of meeting people that, that I, well, you know, that you know on the internet um, and uh, and kind of opening up your network and getting um, getting to know the people that, max on us um for example um but i also met rob garrett at, uh, at nab um and also ej and um my buddy josh johnson as well and it's through kind of well josh and rob for sure who um i was uh i got an email from from rob garrett saying uh hey um you know josh i was talking to josh about maybe doing some training but he's um he uh is actually his schedule's too busy and would you be interested in doing some you know some training for linda and i was like of course <laughs> um and i guess i had to just send a um i had to send a test and you know kind of make sure i fit their style and that i sounded sounded okay um and um yeah i mean that's that kind of opened it up and, and got me into it but uh, i mean without going to Vegas to actually do those uh, initial meetings and actually kind of face to face things. I, I I guess it could have been a different story. So, yeah, that's it's amazing how many stories I hear that that always have that yeah. um, that personal connection and the you know the internet is amazing and uh, you know all these Slack channels are amazing and 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 the people that you can meet and learn from is is just crazy you know we're, we're talking about learning from vhs tapes and now we can do all this but there's still no um replacement yet they haven't figured it out in vr but there, <laughs> there's no replacement yet for like actually going and trying to meet these people and shaking their hands and i agree like it's like getting in that room you you, you never know who you're gonna meet that mm. is gonna change your career so like yeah. meeting rob Rob's such a great guy. Yeah. Hi, Rob. If, I don't know if you're listening, I Rob, know. but I'm just going to say hi anyway. Hi. <laughs> I, love, hey, I love Rob. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> and, um, you know, meeting someone like that, or like you said, the Ma the Maxon US crew. Yeah. It's such an so amazing group of people. Yeah. And and that's, that is... And we met in uh, Vegas, didn't we, for the first time? Yeah, we met yeah. in Vegas too. Because, <laughs> I mean, we, we did a, a project together over the internet, but then it was like... Yeah, gonna meet you. <laughs> gonna come to Fan OB. Say hang hang out. <laughs> yeah. it, it really is amazing. And and that's you know, people ask all the time, like is it is it worth it to go to these shows? Yeah. Um mm. and 
what I, what I always come away with is like, well, I don't know. The show itself is is like that's just like cement and carpet and lights and whatever. <laughs> um, and 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 you know, like in Vegas is, uh, there's just too much to drink and too much to gamble. All this other dumb stuff. Yeah. You really want to go just for the people that all decide to go, and the people that all decide to like meet each other. So yeah, yeah that's 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 right. It is. It's where I met most people. It's where I met you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I think, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's where the real value is in, in going to those things. If you, if you, um, and I don't think, you know, you need to be shy or anything like that because you, you most of, most of the time, you know, it's a welcoming community as well. So I'd say, you know, anyone who's thinking about going out there, then you should, you should definitely, um, you should definitely give it one go at least. And if Vegas isn't your thing, then there's other shows as well. And there's other things like SIGGRAPH just happened as well. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be presenting at uh, IBC for Maxon this year. And um, that's another one, but it's in Amsterdam. I've never been to that show before. I'm really looking, looking forward to actually doing it because um, yeah, you get a, you get a different, a different vibe, I think over there, you know, European vibe. And um, there's uh <laughs> you know i'm really excited there's some present the some of the presenters are like wow i'm actually going to get to meet some of these people this is great so uh yeah it it always gives me and you know even presenting with max on um in vegas as well it's always like a a special honor you know if i I always kind of i don't know it's great to just you know be in that lineup because it's um it's it's most of the time it's just people that you're just like have such respect for you know so uh, and, and you get to hang out with them for a week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that's the end. You, you need you need to come out, and say hi in Vegas. That's 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 what basically what we're trying to tell you right now. That's it. Yeah. So you that's you actually right. mentioned it. We we talked a little bit about you know if you're if you're learning, you're trying to get into all this stuff. Like actually going to these events um, matter a lot meeting the people that do this stuff for a living. I would even also recommend just local stuff. Whatever your local Absolutely. thing is, even if it's not quote 3D or cinema 4D, like if if it's even remotely close to what you do, if it's an advertising thing or editing or after effects or, you know, photography, I don't know, just like go out and meet these people that do this stuff that are interested in this stuff. It's so big. But what what is what's another thing from from your kind of history or from your viewing this as a teacher that some students or, or freelancers or people out there that are trying to like get the next leg up on their career. What's another thing that they could focus on? I know you mentioned the fundamentals a little bit earlier, but what else, um, uh, it can, can a a freelancer or or a student or an artist focus on to kind of get that next part of their career up and running? Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, it doesn't even have to be anything to do with, you know, creative software or anything like that. I think maybe just it could be improving your, 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 your skills with, with clients, you know, they, some of the soft skills, maybe, I don't know, but, you know, being able to craft an an email uh, correctly is, is really important. I think to, to actually, you know, getting a client's attention or, um, you know, maintaining a relationship as well. And, you know, what we're doing through motion graphics is communicating. Uh, you're communicating an idea or, or something, you know, you're, you're taking the, the, the client's vision and p- 
putting it onto a screen of sorts and and you should have good communication skills yourself to be able to kind of level up as well i think that's yeah i'd say so communicate <laughs> god that's a huge one i literally wrote that down as like another potential whole episode or or video or something like that is such um a part of the industry we don't talk enough about and i, I know even when i started grayscale grill i i started working with doing more email and just connecting with people, which I was shielded from as just an artist in a production studio. The producers would do all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. They would do the bids and they would sign the, like make, uh, make the tough email. And all of a sudden I was in a place where I needed to learn those skills. And man, I definitely, there was no YouTube video about it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I literally had to just reach out to some producer friends and say, how do I even negotiate this or how do I give a price for something like this I don't even know where to start with this and that's a huge one that is, that's amazing how did you how did you go through that process like where did you learn how to uh, bid or talk to clients or write these communicate with 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 your clients or, or people you work with better where did you learn those skills um I guess I don't know I've always been interested in maybe you know writing and and things like that so and i'm kind of a bit of a stickler for grammar and things like that so you know i think things like that are important they they show your attention to detail and if you're if you're misspelling words or you know not using your or their correctly you know in a <laughs> simple things right uh, maybe this is just me and i'm a bit kind of uh, i don't know a bit like that but anyway i mean it the point being is if you're if you're kind of not showing attention to detail at that stage you know how's a client going to trust you with thousands of dollars or pounds worth of um you know of a project you know to to you know because you you they want they want to ensure that you're um you're going to you're going to pay attention to it and um and and kind of deliver you know a product that's of, of quality and so i don't know that's that that may not be the case for everybody and and some people won't be you know strict or even care but it's for me if it, you know something comes across into my inbox and it's just like a poorly worded or whatever you know they haven't even taken the the chance to read it twice you know just to check things through then yeah i mean that that tells me that you're i'm going to get something back and it's going to have an error somewhere you know, because you haven't watched it back again or something like that, you know, and, and eye for detail is really important when you get into bigger budget things. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're making me think about three emails I just wrote earlier today, like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better make, gotta check. Uh, I got my yours and yours, but man, sometimes, uh, sometimes I, I, I speed through those things. No, that that's important. That that especially working with clients like that, the 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 idea that they're trusting you with their brand, they're trusting you with their work, um, they're trusting you with their logo in some cases, mm. and right, they they want that. Um, it, it, at the end, I, I and I always forget this too. Um, uh, at the end of a lot of these jobs, it's mostly customer service is what you're doing for a living. You are working with other people that call on you to provide a service and it's and it's um, those skills, those softer skills like communication, um, 
you know, uh, you're just showing that you're trustworthy, showing that you've worked done this in the past, <laughs> all these things that are not your really sexy reel mm. really come into play as an artist. And, and, um, I've always, I've always loved that about your work and the way that you kind of work with people. And, um, I think that's an amazing lesson for someone listening out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So look, I, I, all this R21 stuff happened. I want to, I want to jump a little bit back into that because, uh, I mean, selfishly, I'm going to start, um, recording even some more R21 stuff next week. And I want to learn from the guy that's been playing with it for, <laughs> for how long now. So you're, you're playing around in, in 21 and you actually showed me something that is, I think also new that I didn't, um, I didn't know until, uh, our, our creative director, Chad brought it up. He goes, there are user, the user data tag. Yeah is is he's he he had a question specifically about it which is um he well he didn't know that it even existed until he watched you play with it yeah. and so now so now we both have questions which is what is the power of this thing because you sent me over a rig that you built with it that I was playing with and making some amazing stuff with what is the user data tag in R21 and how can someone out there listening use this in their work day to day yeah i mean it's um it's a tag in, that can be found in the in the in the new the tags have all been organized and and so you're not going to find them the ones that you thought were in one place and not going to be there anymore so that's a thing to note when you're opening up r21 uh, there's no more cinema 4d tags and then that massive list you've got to find uh you, you'll find it in the programming tags section now and what what you can do with it it's such a basic tag on the surface it just has it doesn't have anything there until you add some user data but what you can do with it now and with user data is you can essentially create building blocks for your rigs so you could you could uh, create a, a little setup for um you know a, a few a group and a few data points and things like that and save that as a preset and then uh, have a few more like that and you know you can quickly if you're if you're building rigs regularly you could set these things up ahead of time and then when you come to build something a bit more customized you go oh yeah i need to just grab this this and this and you've loaded in a whole new um a new uh user 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 data rig now wherever you can you add user data you can still do that so that's you know that's not unique to the tag but what you can do with the tag is it's it's uh, separate from say a null object that um, you know that you're working on. So I could actually take the tag and move it onto another object, um, and then hide everything that I don't want the end user to see, and um, and keep it nice and clean. So you know I think I'm not sure if I did it in the file I sent you, but in the case of that, you know it was like here it is. It's one object in the scene, and you just have to drop in, um, you know, just look at the user data and just do this and this, and it won't break. And I think that's kind of, you know, that's somewhere, somewhere, somewhat is, you know, where the power will be. But, um, I think, uh, you can dig into it a bit more and, uh, <laughs> I, I literally, so, okay. So I literally open up that scene you sent me Yeah, and I'm seeing now 
that you just hit it all. So is, is this with now we'll, we'll obviously uh, have some visual representation of this, but did you uh, just use layers to hide that, or is that a part of the user data that you hit it that way? I, I just use um, I just use layers to hide it uh, from That's the actual object manager, but but yeah, on the surface, you know, if this was going to somebody who did not understand you know, Cinema 4D and just wanted to, or, or had just enough knowledge to kind of make a few objects and just drop them into the, that scene, then, you know, they, it still works for them. And of course you can, you can dig in and, and, and see how it all works if you expose the layers, but. Uh, but it, you could hide it for dummies like me. They're like, don't touch any of this. <laughs> and, and what I'm, what I'm describing for those of you on the podcast. So, so Andy made this great rig. It's, it's a simple rig, but really powerful. And it allows you to drop any object into uh, this rig and then emit particles from it, mm. similar to how you would have with X particles, but now you could do it with thinking particles. And now you could do it with thinking particles instead of using um, Expresso and thinking particles and all this stuff, he built a user data rig that allows you to drop objects in it, uh, allows you to drop field force in it, other I think other forces into it and get instant particles on this thing. And so what he did smartly, because he knows me well, he hid all the, all the stuff in there. And so all it is is one null with the user data that allows me to drop my objects in it. And we could even set up things like particle speed and all this other stuff if we wanted to in here. Is that is that right? Uh, on that one, I think, yeah, we probably have to sort of revisit it. I gave you, I can't remember, I gave you a real simple one, didn't I? At first? Yeah, the, yeah, this one's real simple, but yeah. like a, a user oh, could yeah. do that, Absolute, right? Like that's, a, yeah, that's, that's really powerful. Yeah. I, I think that's... Uh, definitely something i need to look more into like building these rigs that are really powerful that hide all the complexity i think that's that's super powerful man you can yeah you can have multiple user data tags you know on the same object as well so you, there there is some scope for additional things as things there as well i think um i'm sure you know if uh, if you were yeah, I think there's, I'm trying to think of other ways of, of using it, but you would, you know, you could have this one is specific to this type of um, set of instructions. And then this one is for this, you know? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. All right. I'm, I'm definitely diving in more <laughs> today. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, while we're talking about uh, 21 and, and, and this is why we're so excited to have you as a part of Grayscale Gorilla Plus and bring all this R21 training, um, which if you're listening now and R21 is out, the, this training should be out. So if you're if you're a Grayscale Gorilla Plus member, just log into your account and the R21 training should be available day one. Um, and then we also have some tutorials in there that um, Andy's been working on. I, I have some tutorials in the in the works, and we're not only an, an, dropping all this training, but also um, these tutorials. As we learn new things, we can now add new R twenty one specific tutorials directly to this training. So anyway, if if you're a, if you're a member, just log in and start watching. If you're not a member, go check out Grace Go Gorilla Plus. But what let's let's talk about some of the other things because you've had more time with R twenty one than I have for sure. And so, what are the other parts of of uh, the new version of R twenty one that you're um, that you're excited about and and that you um, uh, were were excited to, you know like to show off? Like what what are the real what are the sexy ones that <laughs> are really visual, but also what are the real interface based ones that you're excited about for R twenty one? 
yeah i mean i think i think things are going in this you know with this version in in the kind of right direction i like the look and feel of of you know this new interface and actually going back to our our 20 and earlier you're just like wow it's actually that's, that looks that dark interface that they had in r20 isn't so dark anymore and it just doesn't feel i don't know it feels a bit more kind of c40s growing up a little bit in this version and um you know some of the icons have been given a polish and and been uh, redrawn and things like that i like the fact that you can organize the object manager now with um with icons you know customize the icons so and and we go over that as well there's uh so you can, if you're a real nerd for and a stickler for organizing your projects, not only with layers and just maintaining good naming as well. Now you can use custom icons to um, to kind of really visualize the object manager in a in a clearer way. So at a first glance, anyone can just kind of look at it and have that visual um, trigger of an icon just to kind of go, oh yeah, that's that, uh, and color coding as well. And so I mean, you know, they might that might not seem like a a, 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 a sexy feature or anything like that but i think it's a it's a, a useful one especially coming back you know to a project uh weeks or months later you can it all you can all those visual triggers are actually going to help you understand and get back into a project faster but there's also some new modeling improvements as well and you know cinema 4d has always always been used for creating 3d logos and extruding objects and things like that and that's probably one of the first things anyone getting into cinema 4d will do and it, it may even be someone's day-to-day -day work you know um and having new caps and bevel controls on the on these extrude objects and on motex and, and things like that is uh, actually really a nice feature um it also maintains good uvs as well so this doesn't mess around with any of the textures uh, and um, they've made it a lot easier to um, to apply materials to selections as well. You know, you didn't you know have to remember um, uh, S for shell and uh, you know the the radius, uh, the, the the bevel, and all that kind of stuff. You know, what was it C one R one R two? Yeah, I you know I, re I had a I remember I had like a post it note with those on there back in the day because <laughs> I can never remember, and I didn't even know that S meant shell. I just knew that S was the outside. <laughs> Kind of things <laughs> never yeah. even had like a name for it but like cap one and yeah cap you know one, all these things yeah all these things yeah now it's just a checkbox it's, and you're it's, right it's, it's not... a checkbox you can still use the old way but you can you know have uh have a checkbox turn on and and a, and a selection tag is created on the object and you can you know drag it in if that's if that's how you want to work um but yeah the old way still works of course just uh you don't have to you don't have to guess or remember anymore. So yeah, there's all these new spline controls for um, for the caps and bevel, and so it means that you can, you know, really get in there and put something custom uh, on on the, a text or logo or something like that, and have it have the light on the materials kind of you know play off the off that those edges in an interesting way. So yeah, you can add way more detail, and it's not just that you can you can use it for more fun modeling things and you know, even building kind of little city structures and things like that. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a nice, a nice feature and one that was probably, um, due. <laughs> yeah. Uh <-huh. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That some of, um, some of the things you were making with the new bevel was, was crazy. I didn't like the, the tops of some of those buildings you were showing me, yeah. like it is really, really detailed stuff that you can get into. And, it, and, and just wanted to take a little bit 
um, more time with the interface because I think it's such an easy thing to just say, okay, the interface is different yeah. and say like, that's a feature, but they really, um, went in and decided, uh, where everything should go. Yeah. It's, it, 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 and at first glance, you're going to say like, where is everything? Yep. And, and, and I, and to me, the, my favorite new feature of, of R21 is, is shift C, which is, <laughs> which is not a new feature, but allows you to find everything that you used to know exactly where it is. But I would say like, take the time to learn where the new stuff is because what they did was reorganize it. It's like they reorganized the closet. And when you, uh, first wake up that next day after you re reorganize everything, you're like, Oh man, I should have just left it all a mess. Cause at least I knew where everything was. Yeah. But if you take a few moments to kind of learn the new layout, where they put everything and find out where the new, like, um, you know, the new drawer is for, for dynamics <laughs> and the new palettes and all this, yeah. like that you're going to have a much faster way of working. And that goes with, um, the tags you were, you were mentioning too. Yeah, exactly. You know, that it's, it's this big change, but it's a good change. It's going to be, you know, it's a change that's, uh, well, we know that this version of, c4d is more more about workflow improvements and and things like that and they've you know worked on even speed improvements as well i think this is a cool new feature but we can talk about it in a minute but but yeah going back to the interface you have um you just yeah just get used to it and also yeah shift c is the commander um that, that also remembers the last thing that you typed as well so yeah that can be handy in certain situations especially if you say you know working with uh, rendering volumes in pro render for example you'd probably want to type in volume and bring in a volume loader to load something in and then to actually if you've got that volume loader still selected you can just press shift c and just find the volume tag which is a new render tag and you know you've saved yourself like running around the interface trying to find those objects and um really really useful is the new um node uh, the new node uh, presets for ProRender and actually you can use node materials with ProRender now. I mean, I'm not a big ProRender user, but having the ability to um, easily render volumes with it is actually quite, quite useful as well. And I think um, I mean, may have gone off on a tangent there, but um, I kind of just started thinking about other new things that were, you know, quite fun. And, you know, it's always nice to kind of throw in a volume and just kind of render render these uh, big explosions or something like that even even if pro render isn't your thing and it probably probably isn't <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah but I, but, but, but node spaces are really useful and we you know you uh, currently you can use you can use node materials of, with with uh, standard physical and pro render now and um having having a node an actual space in the node editor for that's tailored for the render engine it's really, really useful and really powerful. And now it's opened up to, you know, it'll be opened up to third parties. I'm going to see, I'm going to expect to see Redshift in that list pretty soon. So if you've got Redshift installed and they have taken uh, advantage or taken use of the, you know, the C4D node, um, node space, then, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I, I really do like working with the C4D node editor. I think it's actually a really good thing. And there's some improvements to that too, just simply like we were saying, just workflow stuff, just being able to just hold down control or command and just drag copy a node, you know, it's, it's just seems more intuitive. And I think they're just, you know, building on it and, and just making it more, 
fun to use really <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, you're mentioning the, the the big word right workflow that's the that's what this new version is all about to me and the more i i watch uh even some of your training that's that's coming in um about the nodes about this um obviously the new interface but also the user data stuff it's like okay i see what's going on we're speeding up the workflow and we're we're building a, a a better core to then build on top of later. Like let's take a let's take a minute to rebuild, reorganize, get our interface together, and now uh, Cinema 4D is in a much better place to to move forward and and add other stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's it's reminding me, it's reminding me too that anybody out there that is about to use R21 or um, depending on when you listen to this, maybe you're already using it, um, and trying to learn online that we've had a long history um, with Cinema 4D of everything mostly being the same. In other words, you can go in and watch a rigid body dynamics tutorial from 10 years ago yeah. on Grayscale Gorilla and follow along with R20 almost flawlessly. You know, maybe I had to go to the reflection menu, but you had to go to the reflectance menu, but it wasn't much different. But I do want to let people know, it's kind of a warning, but just a heads up that so many things have moved and have changed. Um, for the most part, the naming hasn't changed. So I think if you hear a word on a tutorial somewhere, um, it's probably in the interface somewhere, but yeah. you might have to shift C to find it rather than go to the exact menu that the the teacher went to. Yeah. So it's 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 uh, one of those things we we've never had to even deal with with Cinema 4D because they've been so consistent with their interface. But it is this is the 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 line in the sand for organizing it. So I think it's a good move um, long term. But I do want to warn those of you watching tutorials online. Uh, that may be even a couple years old now, that if something is missing or changed, that uh, it's it's might be because of R2021. And I'll say this too, um, not only have things moved, but the defaults yeah, have changed. I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah, and so, that that's tripped me up yeah. a couple times. And I think they did a good job in choosing new defaults. But here's a really good example. I'm going to do this live so I don't mess this up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open up Cinema. I'm going to open a MoGraph cloner, which I've done a million times in tutorials in my career. And I'm going to go to Grid Array, oh, yeah. which I've also done a million times. <laughs> and here's here's what I see different already. It is not a default three by three by three grid. It's a three by one by three grid. And instead of it being endpoint mode, which means as you add more clones, they just all clump up. It's in per step mode, which means as I add more uh, clones and more counts in my my grid array, it just kind of makes the area bigger. Yeah. Now for me, I love. I think those are great defaults. Like I can go in and crank up the number really high and have all these clones on the floor instantly. But if I were following along on a tutorial, they would they might just go ride through with the defaults and i'm st stuck here like wait mine doesn't look like yours <laughs> <laughs> i think there's going to be a lot of that you know and and you know we, you were talking about dynamics as well you don't those uh the 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 collision tab on that there's there's changes to the bounce and friction now and you don't have to i mean 
I don't know about, about you, um, if you're the same as me, we'd probably always go in and change them so that there was more friction and less bounce. And uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and and now you don't have to do that because it's set up correctly or you know, correctly in kind of air quotes there. But, you know, to my taste, it's it's much better. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a lot more physically, like visually pleasing too, or visually realistic, but but that's another perfect example where you might set up your cloner and your, your thing to, to match exactly what the training is. And all of a sudden, none of your clones are sliding on the ground as much as the, as much as the video, but they look good now. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, what's happening? Yeah. They're actually sticking to the ground. Yeah, but those are the things all over the place. Like you'll you'll just even just um, some of the default geometry you oh. open up have different presets. So create it's, a sphere. it's <laughs> yeah, create a sphere. I mean, different you've done that a few defaults. times. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I've done more than make a cloner is create a sphere, yeah. Andy. Yeah, the, the, but it yeah. Yeah, it's it's just something something to watch out for. And and I know Andy, you have a whole. Uh, 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 series just on the new um, interface changes and things to watch out for yeah. for exactly that. So um, we go, we go into why... defaults. Sorry, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so um, I'm so happy uh, you're here helping us out and and bringing your your training expertise and your Cinema 4D expertise to to Grayscale Gorilla Plus. We're so excited to have you here. And um, man, I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be watching your node one. I think today. <laughs> I need. I need to learn these nodes. Fine. I know. I, I not for pro render necessarily, but if they're if Redshift's going to incorporate these nodes, I think I finally have to kind of dive in and start to actually learn the nodes. I cheated with the nodes, by the way. Mm. I I got our material pack, our everyday material collection, and just snuck away without needing to learn nodes. Uh, but I think that that's only going to take me as, uh, as so far, as soon as I want to jump into something, I'm going to need to learn a little bit more. So, yeah, I think, I think that's it really, isn't it? And there's, there are ways of easing yourself into it, um, into nodes just by, you know, maybe working with the Uber material, for example, um, if you're still using, you know, standard or physical, um, you can, you still have that familiar interface with, you know, channels effectively on the left and, you know the, what what it what it what you can change on the right, and when you want to dive into nodes, you can. You know, if you wanted to get deeper with um, something in the bump channel, then yeah, you would you'd probably want to open the node editor and start layering up some noises and things like that. So yeah, there's there's ways of of just gradually you know dipping your toe in and, and getting more comfortable with it. Um, but as you say, if you want to level up, then get into nodes. I think it's the way it's, it's going. Time. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll learn it fine, Andy. I'll do it. Well, thank you for your time, man. I wanted to uh uh let people know where they could find more about Andy. Um you got your website here at uh, imcalledandy.com. Yeah. And uh, of course your Instagram feed uh, which is the same uh username. I'm called Andy. I M C A L L E D and that's Andy. Yeah. Boom. Go say hi to Andy. Let him know. Um, tell him thanks for being on the podcast as well. And, and um, you know, any anywhere else you want people to come say hi to Andy uh, if they're interested in learning more about you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got Twitter, LinkedIn, anything like that. I mean, you can find me with the same handle pretty much anywhere. And um, yeah, just say hi, and uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> or not? It's up to you. <laughs>
That's right. Well, thank you, Andy. Thanks for your time, and thanks for joining us at Grace Go Gorilla Plus. We're so excited to get your training out there. Thanks for having me. And um, always, always excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, and um, for those of you checking out Grayscale Gorilla Plus, don't don't forget to go check it out. Uh, Andy did an amazing job on the training, and uh, we got even more tutorials coming any minute now. So go check it out at grayscalegorilla.com slash plus. And Andy, thank you so much again for your time. And uh, we'll be, we'll be uh, seeing you around the Grayscale Gorilla soon. And until then, I really appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much, Nick. Appreciate being on as well. And, and you know, I would just want to say I'm actually really excited to, to be a part of this plus uh, GSG plus as well. And, you know, looking at some of the courses that are coming up, I'm actually like really excited to check them out too. Um, I'm, uh, yeah. So I would encourage anyone to just get in there and have a look, you know, not just for my stuff. There's some really cool stuff coming along. Uh, I appreciate that, man. And thanks again. And, um, uh, we'll we'll get you on the podcast again soon, man. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye, Andy. Bye.